In May 1966, my then husband and I went to the Soviet Union. The main purpose of the trip was to visit my relatives, my great aunt and uncle, who had a few years before been released after 20 years in Stalin's gulag in Siberia. They had returned to Leningrad, St. Petersburg, their home city, to discover that everyone in their family had been killed in, during the siege of Leningrad, their children and grandchildren, and they believed that their family had totally been destroyed. Therefore, when I showed up, I was like a phoenix rising from the ashes, and they knew then that their family was alive for at least another generation. I was the same age as their grandchildren who had been killed. My aunt and uncle, my uncle Volodya, my aunt Fania, and her sister Anuta lived together in a one-room apartment that shared a kitchen that had a two-burner hot plate and a bathroom down, a toilet down the hall with six other families. My uncle spoke 12 languages and was a very, very learned man. And so he spent a lot of time, because he spoke good English, telling me about his life during, before the revolution, during the revolution of 1917, 1918 and his life under communism, he was a communist and believed very strongly in it, and then his life in the gulag. He wasn't bitter and he had no antipathy or anger toward anyone, it was astounding to me. He was so full with light and love and belief and told me about the imperative of living a moral life and of working for social justice and of believing in a force greater than yourself. My uncle came to love me very much and called me Judinka, but because he also loathed everything about capitalism, and I was from the United States, he called me Judinka, capitalist imperialist pig, and it was always with a big chuckle that he said this. He did not believe that my husband, who had just finished an internship in a public hospital in San Francisco, that that was possible, because he didn't believe that capitalists had public hospitals. We walked around the city, and I saw where my mother had played as a young girl. She had told me stories of her governess, her French governess, and going through the canals in this beautiful Venice of the North and in the lovely parks. And so I could picture what she had described to me. My uncle also told me about life during those days. Then we visited the Petropavlovsk prison, which was built on an island in the Neva River by Peter the Great when he built his city. St. Petersburg, and it was to ward off the Swedes, but this big um, fortress with its prison became one of the infamous political prisoners in both under the Tsar and under communism. Dostoevsky had spent time there, as had many other writers, and so had my grandfather. My grandfather, who was a member of the Duma, the Senate, after the fall of the Tsar, but before the 
the Bolsheviks overthrew the socialists that my grandfather was. My grandfather was there for eight years. And my great uncle Volodya described bringing food together with my grandmother for my father because they didn't feed prisoners and prisoners who didn't have families to bring them food starved to death. We were also on Krukov Canal, which is the street, the canal on which my great uncle and aunt lived. And it was the street, the canal where the Kirov Ballet had its home theater. So we all went to the ballet and we all loved the ballet very much. My aunts, we would be out every day walking around and my aunts would be in this little two bed, two burner kitchen preparing these wonderful, sumptuous meals of Russian delicacies for us. So when we'd come back, we'd plop ourselves in these chairs, and my aunts would, with a big grin, serve us these steeping, heaping, wonderfully smelling uh, uh, feasts of pilmeni, piroshki, borscht, all kinds of Russian delicacies. They were all made with, covered in sour cream and butter and chives and served with such love. So my aunts would sit there and say, Kushiti, Kushiti, eat, eat, as we enjoyed their food and they savored watching this younger generation eat their food. Such a great blessing to them. When it came time for us to leave, we were there nearly two weeks, my aunts kept running out on the, some kind of little mission. And when they came back on the day before we were to leave, with big, big smiles on their face, they handed me a present all wrapped up. I opened it, and it was a ring. The ring was made of an Alexandrite stone, named for Alexander the Great, and found only in Russia. It's a stone that's purple in the daylight and turns into blue-green in artificial light. But when they wanted to make me this ring. They had no money and they had no gold. So the two aunts went to a dentist and had their gold fillings removed and melted down and made by a jeweler into this ring. It was such a treasure for them to give me and they were so thrilled that I could be wearing this token of their love. The last day, they accompanied us to the train station. It's called the Finland Station, and we were on our way to Helsinki. It was a foggy day, and my uncle was there with his old brown fedora and a scarf around his neck, and my two aunts had babushkas tied around their heads and were each carrying a bag of food they'd prepared of pierogies wrapped in an old cloth. And they were crying, and I was crying, and as we boarded the train, the three of them said over and over, don't forget us. Don't ever forget us. Remember, remember, remember.